0: Welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans, sport fans, with full season card holders at Ashton Gate, we love the club, the game and all things Bears. Well, it's two from two in Europe as the Bears outflank the Zebras at a chilly Ashton Gate. We give our thoughts on the highly entertaining 35-19 win against the boys from Palmer, And then we'll take a look ahead to the return to league action in the not-so-big-game 14 against Harlequins on the 27th of December. Here are our thoughts on the likely team and outcome, along with a chat with our friends from the Harlequins podcast. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony. Totally, I'm joined by Pete and Miles for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, gentlemen, it's Monday rather than Sunday. We're 24 hours late. And uh, Pete, uh, a certain Argentinian legend. Uh, Kind of scuppered our plans a little bit last uh, yesterday to uh, record on our normal Sunday. That's right. Well, Tony, we
1: we did discuss this at the game, didn't we? And suddenly thought that if the World Cup final went to extra time and to penalties, we might be struggling a bit to fit it all in. So we made that executive decision at the end of the game, didn't we? That we do it tonight, and our foresight was rewarded. We uh, we were right in assuming that it would go to that, and yes little Lionel Messi you know did a good job I mean it was a I, I, I know this is a rugby podcast but i just have my, my comment on the World Cup uh, one of the best World Cups ever but probably not fitting for, for, for the where the World Cup took place but there you go I'll leave it at that
0: yeah yeah and Miles, uh, did you rush home to watch the football I know you're such a big soccer fan uh, soccer. What,
2: what, what game was it yeah I rushed home to feed my children and prepare a roast dinner, uh, and um, you know, got stuck watching some nafty oh, children's film with the kids. Had a couple of a couple of more beers and some dinner. Were you, were you left on your own again, Miles? No. was your wife? Uh, you know, she Southern was in Qatar. <laughs> she's gone. She's gone out this evening, by the way. <laughs> again, um, so it's just, just actually it's just me this evening. The uh, the kids have been shipped off to one of the in-laws, and uh, I'm just here enjoying a uh, milk stout, a sort of bachelor pizza, and uh, and and you know a little band chat with you boys. <laughs> All right, not should... answer
1: the question:
2: <laughs> Where is question, she?
1: Did he? Where was she last night? Uh, here. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, there's no, no Lee. Um, uh, he, he was otherwise engaged and uh, I think if we try to do the podcast on Sunday, from what I'd heard, he, he was standing on a rooftop somewhere in North London. But I'm not going to uh, spoil that story because I'm sure we'll hear about it all on the next podcast. So apologies to Lee this week.
1: Can I just say one thing boys Because obviously I I wasn't here last week On account of uh, You know Running A a huge School ski trip Um, And it's not often That I miss the pod But I've got to say You didn't really sound Like you missed me much To be honest When I listened to it It Very very (laughs) Disparaging about me And and then some of the comments On Twitter From Lee I can believe it And I did notice though Having said that You did come in At about 43 minutes Didn't you Yeah
2: yeah uh, Absolutely
0: (laughs) well, well, well there, there we are you're back let's let's see how long this podcast is It's, it's the control experiment uh, right okay then boys let's move along um, it was Sunday it was a one o'clock kickoff uh, the second round of the Challenge Cup campaign Bristol against zebrae at uh, Ashton Gate and the Bears won out 35 points to 19 Um Pete, if I come to you first, uh, it, I think that was one of the most entertaining games I've seen at uh, this season at the gate. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought there was a lot of entertainment. There was good running rugby, mostly from the opposition, uh, and there <laughs> was some top-notch comedy tries as well.
1: Yeah, I, I've kind of been thinking about this all day about what I actually thought about that game, whether I thought it was. Yeah, exciting, like you said, and we scored five tries. Although you could argue that two of those were Christmas wrapped gifts, weren't they? Um, or whether it was a kind of a, a game in difficult conditions played by two average sides that, and no one really kind of got momentum. I, I, I don't know. I, I felt it was. I thought we played. Yeah, we did play well. We, we, we scored some some. Apart from the two tries that were gifts, we did score some good tries. Um, but we kind of, I don't know, we didn't push on in the second half, which I thought we might do a bit more. And I would have quite liked to have seen us kind of just nail the basics a bit more and just focus on getting everything right. And, and there were a few, you know, similar issues. The line-out was a bit dodgy. The kicking was a bit boring. I mean, I guess it, it's a strategy to kick it long rather than go for a kick chase. Although Andy Red did one really... <laughs> He did one where he kicked it. Fox kicked it in the second half, didn't he? Then almost was able to catch it without moving again. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was it was quite it was. I quite enjoyed the afternoon. It it was it was kind of a bit wet, wasn't it? And of course, the conditions would have made it very difficult. I didn't really concentrate as much as I normally do. To be fair, Tony. So it's a yeah. My my general impression was yeah, it was kind of okay, but it was definitely challenge cut rugby rather than champions cut rugby.
0: There we are. Miles, let me come to you then. Uh, that first try, Joe <laughs> Butley, he certainly had a big smile on his face, and we 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 know why. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that at the gate.
2: Oh, absolutely, it was uh, it was a sort of comedy of errors, wasn't it? The first half, and as Pete said, it was an unusual game to say the least, and actually quite entertaining for some of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe Batley couldn't believe his luck He was nearly sort of sat in the Atio stand Just having a little cheeky uh, glass of water at half-time And lo and behold... Uh, He got past the ball by a Zebra player. I don't quite know what he was thinking, really, whether he could have just tapped the ball down over the dead ball line and probably gone for the restart. But he chose to give it to bats. And the the smile on his face was from ear to ear. I mean, that's probably the easiest try that boy is ever going to score. And uh, good on him. He was chuckling all the way back to the halfway line. And again, we were a bit confused how we got the ball, but the replay showed that uh, Zebra did us a massive favour.
0: Yeah, and then uh, it was all looking uh, all looking good. I was thinking, is this the floodgates going to open? And uh, they go and get uh, the penalty try. Now, uh, I I think as a Bears fan, I have to say I think the, the ref made the right decision. It was a yellow card. It was it was the, the guy was through. So any qualms about that from your your point of view, Pete? No.
1: I think the only qualm was that the person that made the break that led to the interception was Tiff Eden. <laughs> it was his little break down the down the down the, the wing, and then his little pop inside that led to Yo and Lloyd knocking it on deliberately. And so that was the only qualm. It's like you know that guy's still quite a good player, isn't he? And yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. played well, and uh, he showed what he he showed he was sort of showing the form he was in when when he was released by. That was my only qualm with it. But no, I mean it looked pretty bad from where we were, way over in the dolmen. Um, my my family, as you know, was sat in the south stand for once, and they. My um, my my other half he's, he's he's not a big rugby fan, but she's quite good at analysing it. She said she thought it was a penalty try, the yellow card immediately, and she wasn't even because she was right on the spot. And then the ref still had to go and look at it for ages. So a bit shameful for the ref that he had to go to the video when my when my misses
0: had called it straight away. He could have just texted Jules, couldn't? Couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that um, I think that made it seven all, and then uh, we'll go back to Miles for our, our resident comedy try correspondent. <laughs> um, we had the first one gift wrapped. Uh, the second one
2: was kind of gift wrapped with a bobble on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, was this um, who uh, was it? Will Porter dived on it? Did he on the? Yeah. On oh, the second one, yeah, I mean, you know, we, I think, I seem to remember back in one of the Ho games, we fell foul on this rule, didn't we, where if you're in a, a, a mall or a ruck and you roll it back over the dead ball line, you can just jump on the ball with the opposition and score the try and fair play, Will Water died on it like a rocket, saw the opportunity uh, and I bet Zebra just couldn't believe that. Well, unluckiness, to be honest with you, not luck. Then a second gift wrap try um, and champagne-corked pot. And we're we're away with another fairly easy try. So um, uh, opportunist try, but well done for spotting it, Porter.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Pete, uh, a rather uh, tasty-looking try from our man Sammy. (laughs) Yeah, really tasty, real simple. It just,
1: rugby can be so simple sometimes. Driving mall, um, Harry Thacker at the back of the mall, mall breaks up. Harry Thacker runs off, straightens, pops to Porter, straightens, pops to Semi over. It's so simple. Um, so yeah, that was good. That was good to see. It was good to see Semi score, wasn't it? Because we've been waiting a long time for him to play this season. So it was, it was really good. And, and, and kind of then, I mean, like, like not often with the Bears, I thought we're going to really unleash now. This could be a big scoring game, but. Fair play to Zebra. They, they got back in it again, but it was a good try, no doubt.
0: Absolutely. And I think Semi looks like he's starting to get back to a little bit of that form um, from mm. maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, 21-7. Um, and then um, Miles looked like, a, let's hope it wasn't, and I've, I've not really caught up on the news today on Monday, but uh, didn't look too good for Will Porter on 27 minutes. Uh, Took a lot of attention, looked like his hand, uh, but uh, he was off. How how did you see that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess, yes, unfortunate. I don't know how he actually damaged his hand, but he was having a lot of attention, a lot of ice to it, wasn't he? And it was obviously in quite a bit of pain. And We saw our man... uh, uh, Andy Arendt is not he? Quickly whipping his clothes off at lightning speed. I mean, he was he was facing no game time up till that point, was he? I thought Porter up until then actually was playing really really well. His his box kicks were spot on. His passing was great. Um, and yeah, I mean, until that point, I mean, it's hard to see where Andy really is going to get some major game time. But yeah, it's a bit of a shame. And Andy came on, and actually, you know. Played him. Apart from his slightly dubious box kicks, box kicks, but the weather was appalling. It was wet. The wind was against us in the second half, and um, but he, you know, he did did a fairly good job after that when Porter came off. But not looking great for next weekend, I might add, to be honest.
0: Yeah, well, let's uh, let's talk about that in a in a moment, uh, and then just approaches that. Yeah, yeah, go on.
1: Can, sorry, Tom. Can I just add something to Miles? Is what was funny about Porter going off is that. And Miles, I thought you might have speculated a bit more, being an NHS man, and what he'd done to his uh, his finger. But I mean, it was clear that it was his hand, yeah. and as he ran off, as Andy Red came on, Andy went to shake his hand, didn't he? He as did. No, like Andy, <laughs> Andy, what are you doing? His hand. So I don't know whether that was Andy just not thinking, or Andy being a bit devious and thinking, you know what? If I squeeze his hand, I might get another couple of games out yeah. of, the, <laughs> out of yeah, this. Possibly. So. It was good old Andy. I, I thought he played right when he came on, actually. And I, I like seeing Andy Oren on the pitch. And maybe if, if, you know, Will Porter has kind of wrestled that number one spot away from him. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see whether, if he has to start against Harlequins, whether, uh, whether, whether he'll make the most of it.
0: Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Anyway, we, we were approaching half time. Uh, and then uh, Pete, a very nice, nicely worked try over on the uh, far side from us, and the, the Dolman. Uh, J- Ian Lloyd going over for a try, and again, good to see Ian playing uh, a game. <laughs> yeah, and he's definitely bulked up a bit, boys. Don't you think? He looks like a bit of a
1: human cannonball now, especially with his kind of hang on. I'll just warn people football reference, his Phil Foden haircut, a kind of sort of stick on barnet he's got now got with his big shoulders and big guns. He started to look. The bit and i know he's been out a while and i think maybe you know it's he's coming back into a bit of form and he's looking fit and strong um uh, so it was good to see him get on the score sheet definitely because it was you know do you remember that day against bath when he made his debut and he went over and scored his first try it seems years ago now doesn't it um and hopefully yeah and he was playing 12 as well which is something we've t- discussed in the past so yeah it was good to see the boy um, i can't remember who created it someone popped it inside didn't they from the you know, made a little break down the blind, a nice little pop inside, kept the ball alive, it over. So, fair play,
0: play. And Miles, 28-7 uh, and, t- and a half time. Mm. Um, McGinty's kicked four from four. Mm. Uh, looking confident? Were you expecting us to to maybe go for the 50?
2: Well, it was looking promising at that point. I mean, I know in the second half we had the wind and sort of rain against us. But yeah, I thought... Uh, things were finally looking good. Of some lovely tries scored uh, in open play for me in the first half. And I thought, yeah, this is potentially a 50-pointer. Um, but Zebra, you know, they had some nice breaks. Their the running in the lines was great. And, and as Pete speculated, that actually, uh, our old man Tiff, I thought had a fantastic game. Um, he was controlling the bat line well. He's, his boot we always said was huge, wasn't it? Cooking some, kicking some lovely shots. Um, but yeah, I did think what? we'd go on in <laughs> kick, sorry, and we'd go on in the second half and score a, a few more than we actually did. i um, Pete, uh,
0: and then it was a bit of a first ten or fifteen minutes of that second half. Lots of substitutions. You could see, obviously, uh, I think Pat decided after five or ten minutes that the game was probably uh, won, so started to change some of the players. And then I think the thing that brought the biggest smile on my face of the whole day was uh, Jan Thomas streaking mm. through the 22 to uh, mm. to, to to score. Uh, take us through that try and how you saw it. Well, Well, I saw it right
1: in front of it, Tony, because as you know, I had my family in the South Stand and I had gone around to see them at halftime. And then I thought, well, I might just stay here for a little bit uh, just because it's a different view. And I was I was actually right in front of that when it happened. So I saw Semi pick up the ball, pick and lovely pick and go from Semi, the sort of thing we like to see playing heads up rugby. In front of you. And then as Sammy was running, I could just I knew what he was going to do. I could tell he was it was the opportunity he'd been waiting for for a little round-the-back basketball pass. I mean, to be fair, he didn't quite lay it on a plate to Thomas. I think Jan had to catch it quite high. Jan catches it and immediately, as any good tight head prop will do, will looks around to see if he can pass it to someone else. Didn't see anybody, and then I think he went for the line. And uh, he realised that he had he probably had at least a yard of sliding because of the uh, available because of the the wet weather and it was just a brilliant it was a fantastic try and a great finish so and I was right there boys you didn't you were miles away in the dolmen I was right in front of it we all jumped up cheering it
0: almost made me want to buy a season ticket over there (laughs) are you going to desert us Um, no. Uh, so that that made it 35-7. Uh, I think game was then completely in control. Uh, but Miles, fair play to uh, zebra they kept uh, kept playing, didn't they? Kept at it, uh, scored two late tries. And uh, if memory serves me rightly, did they have there to try disallowed as well, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they did. I'm trying to think what the disallowed try. I can't remember what the disallowed try was before. To be honest with you, oh, a a double movement on the floor, wasn't it? That's it. Yeah, yeah. great big forward. it actually done pretty well. It was like it was. It was like watching a marine go through one of those uh, assault courses. (laughs) To be fair, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, down in Devon, in the sort of (laughs) the mud. Uh, but yeah, fair enough. It he, he, he was a judge to be a double movement, but uh, you know, and that was chalked off. But literally, um, I think about five minutes later, they went over, and uh, you know, fair enough. We got a genuine try that was allowed, and another one, and they were they were looking pretty tightly, But you know, I think the game was lost by then. But I would commend Zebra. They came away, they ran the ball really well, put up a bit of a challenge in the second half, and um, I think they should be proud really to get nineteen points on the board. No,
0: absolutely. And I think we we we've already mentioned it. I mean, Tiff Eden did uh, I, I I thought he had a great game. Uh looked, I mean, I mean, they played the way that we played two or three or three seasons ago when we yeah. came up three or four seasons, running it, not doing the obvious things. Uh I I I just found it hugely entertaining. Um let's hope Tiff uh, goes from strength to strength over, over there Pete and you know is this, is this yeah. the kind of confidence because he didn't play regularly that uh, that he lacked at, uh, at yeah. Bristol <laughs> yeah I think so yeah he looked like the main
1: man didn't he and he's a big strong lad and I'd kind of forgotten how big he was actually so yeah I mean they had a couple of decent players didn't they had a couple of South Africans that Van Week, Van Wyk on there whatever he's called on the wing mm. he was at Leicester wasn't he for a bit and yeah uh, a couple of sappers in there. They weren't, you know, they weren't a bad side. But well, I, so I, I think Kvesic
2: um, as well. I mean, he's he's a good. He was yeah, yeah,
1: Matt Kvesic. Yeah. yeah, Matt Kvesic came on, didn't he? And, and he's a mm. good player. So, yeah, I mean, I, I go back to what I said before. I, you know, it was a good victory in bad conditions, and we did everything we needed to do to win. We scored a couple of tries that kept us really happy because there was a bit of, uh, you know, there was a bit of showboatery going on, but. Oh, on the other hand, there's part of me that thinks maybe we should have just been a bit tighter and, you know, was, was was that really a good victory in the context of, like, big clubs, you know? But you can only play what's in front of you boys, can't you?
0: You certainly can. And, I mean, that's two victories, but I know what you mean. You know, the optimist would say, you know, we've won away in France and uh, we've comfortably dispatched uh, Zebre to have nine points out of ten. The pessimists might say uh, we played the 13th out of the top 14th team in France and a team in the uh, United Rugby Championship that's yet to win a league game this season. Um, so so maybe it was a little bit flattering, but I'm going to, because it's Christmas, I'm going to err <laughs> on the side yeah. of uh, positivity I on did. that. Um Let's have a look then at uh, some of the player performances. Uh, Miles, if you want to take the forwards and Pete, you have a look at the backs. So, Miles, in the pack, who stood out for you?
2: Who stood out for me? Um yeah, good question. I mean, I thought the Packs were pretty evenly matched. Again, I thought in the line, Batley had a great game. He's such an enthusiastic player and he's been brilliant, very okay. Liratura got subbed a little bit earlier, didn't he, than most of the rest, with a little limp off the pitch. Um, Harding was just <laughs> fluid. Um, Heenan was solid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did anyone, did anyone stand out? Not massively. I thought was, Jay Tyke was a little bit quiet. I was expecting sort of bigger things from him, really, to get a, to get a start for the game. But well, were you expecting fireworks? Well, <laughs> maybe. Off, off the top but, of the dolewood. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I can't really say any players stood out. I mean, um, some lovely runs by Thacker, but again, the conditions weren't great. His um, The set piece in the line out. Failed a fair few times, um, and that yeah that needs to be sorted really. You know, missing the thrower, and so an okay performance from the pack, but nothing really sort of fantastic and stood out uh, to be honest with me. In fact, I don't even know who got man of the match. I, I, I didn't even work that out at the end. I think Heenan did actually. Did it? Okay. Oh, the, the blooded Heenan. The blood, oh, there we the go. Gra- so there we are. The grafter. So under the radar he must have grafted so hard, he just missed me by, but well done Heenan I think he's got a new colour skull cap as well that, that oh, screws me off a little bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I've got to say, um, I think Lua Tua, uh, although he did hobble off a little bit, you know, you mm. can see he's starting to get to to yeah. kind of full match fitness as well. And I don't know if I was imagining this, but did we take Fitz off? At the end. Yeah, yeah. And we'd run out we of substitutes. Off. Yeah. Out, huh? That's mm. and that's actually
1: we were playing with 14 men at the end, weren't we? Which is probably yeah. a slight reason why they
0: scored a couple of latest tries. So mm. we we'll to we take batt- that into account as well. And Butley got yellow carded. So I think we were down to thirteen at the very 13, end. We? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs>
1: so yeah, I suppose we should have factored that in as well, actually, in our overall uh, analysis.
0: Yeah, so I was a little bit worried about Fitz Harding, whether because the game was won, they decided, you know, if he had a, a slight knock, they, they wouldn't, you know, keep him out there. But mm-hmm. certainly in a competitive game, to voluntarily go down to, to 14 men uh, normally means that uh, someone's picked up a, a bit of a nasty knock. Um, yeah. Pete, then, your thoughts on the backs? Yeah, so we, we discussed Porter and...
1: Buren, I mean, Porter had an unfortunate injury, but he is a a quality scrum half. Um, you know, he's alive. That try showed that he's a kind of thinking scrum half, and he, he popped that, popped the ball to somebody. So it's a bit of a shame, but yeah. I mean, Andy did good job when he came on. AJ had a good, good kind of. I don't know. Was it sixty minutes or so? Um, Kit, you know, kicked all his goals. I mean, some of them were right in front of the post, but. So it's just a shame he couldn't have kicked that one against Leicester But anyway, let's forget about that mm. Um yeah I mean it was nice to see him you know I thought he, he played he played well with the kind of freedom maybe that we hoped he would play um, and yeah I mean it's, it's good as you mentioned earlier Tony it's good to see the semi seems to be coming back to the sort of form we remember long long time ago so that is quite i think out of anything his performance probably in the bigger picture boded really really well um for the future my only sort of disappointment really was that we had our, we had the kind of ibetoyi bailey axis and morahan obviously in in the back three as well and i just felt we didn't again we didn't really get the ball out to them in any particular way you know that made it dangerous they did they did a lot of kind of picking at scraps and you know a lot of you know a lot of defending and I I just I don't I I just wonder whether this is now representative of our kind of much slightly more conservative pragmatic game plan where we tend to try and punch into the rush defense or whatever and and don't really look to spread it wide initially or, or instinctively. And that's my only criticism, really. It's not their fault. Um, but yeah. Um and who played it inside center, I can't even remember.
0: Oh no, you're and Lloyd.
1: Yeah, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it was a, it was a it was a good performance. I just wished it was a There'd been a little bit more free-flowing stuff, but it was bad conditions, I suppose. So, um, and it was a shame Moran didn't get to score on his home, his last home game. Um, but yeah, they they tried a few things. I mean, the only thing that I will point out when Sheedy came on is really unfair on him because we all like Callum Sheedy, But he, there was one, I think one of their tries in the second half. Kvesic took the took the took the ball from the back of the scrum, and he piled into Sheedy. <laughs> And like totally oh, bounced Sheedy off. Um, I feel sorry for. Him. They do target him, the poor lad. And uh, and then they scored after that from the ruck. But um, and then he also got a really painful one. She didn't. He got right in front of us. It was like he got hit on the kneecap, and we all felt for him because we all know what it's like. It's cold and wet, and you get one on the kneecap, and it. You know, fair play. He, he shook it off and got up again. Um, he didn't really do much. I suppose he didn't really get much of a chance. Um, Callum. Uh, So, yeah, yeah, it was good. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was a good performance, Uh, bodes well, but I think the real test will be, uh, will be on the 27th when we go to the stoop, as we may talk about in a minute. And and then we'll know whether these two games, these two wins on the bounce, you know, have meant anything or not.
0: Right. For both of you then, uh, one word answer, yes or no. Was that a comfortable win for us yesterday?
2: Uh, yes Yeah you, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sitting on the fence Yeah In the end it was But it should should have been easier uh, I, I said I'd, yes or no Miles uh, Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I'd say yes as
0: well And we've talked about this Maybe not for a while On the podcast But uh, How you can look at the stats And I'm just looking at the EPCR um, Stats for the game So mm. Zebra had 57% Possession 58% territory. They made 477 metres, more than double that what we did. Uh, they had almost double the number of carries, double the number of defenders beaten, eight clean breaks to our one. Uh, and uh, yeah, we made 134 tackles to their 64. So you, you could look at that if you didn't know the score and you'd probably say we weren't the team that won that. But actually, I thought we were quite comfortable all the way through. Uh, and it just goes to show you can play a lot of attacking rugby, but if you don't finish it off, it, uh, it doesn't make too much difference. It was quite interesting because on the very short report on the
1: Bears website, they re- they did describe it as a dominant Bears victory, which I thought was possibly stretching it a little bit farther. <laughs> um, but maybe they kind of... they they. Um, they probably sort of say comfortable would have been better than dominant
0: Um, yeah yeah, stats there's the stats I'm just looking at line outs yes we missed uh, we're only 76% on the line out but they were even worse on 59% I think we had a a, a comedy section didn't we where we missed one they got a line out they missed it then we got another one we missed it Um, but slightly worrying the penalty count once again was uh, we conceded 15 to their 6 um, but uh, no, oh. often interested in looking through the stats, but uh, unless you've actually seen the game, it uh, it can give you a bit of a a false uh, uh, opinion of things.
2: Oh. Um, right and now, uh, on the, on the... oh sorry, go, on, Miles sorry, I guess on the plus side, just looking at the table, actually, we're a third out of ten in the, in Pool A at the moment, aren't we? Sat with nine points, so um, I guess looking at that, we're. Uh, Sitting pretty, aren't we, at this stage? So yeah, fairly good, good result.
0: Yeah, I can't remember. Is it the top?
2: Is it the yeah, top four that go through? Good question, because in Pool B there's only eight teams, and there's ten in ours. <laughs> so, I think. I, I guess I I we lost. Lost, um, I, you know, a couple of teams. So goodness. I, knows. I I vaguely remember reading something this week that
1: it was very complicated about because of this Wasp or Worcester thing not being so in it and great. how.
2: Oh, right, I okay. don't
1: think I don't someone someone out there will probably tell us, but I don't think it's quite as straightforward as <laughs> just being in the top four. It was kind of like because we're all in like slightly different league mini leagues, aren't we? Because they're playing, mm. I don't know. It I thought it 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 was there was just a comment somewhere that said it was it was almost too complicated to understand so i think we just have to wait and see what happens just
2: win our games and then hope win all our games pool games yeah yeah, yeah
0: absolutely and i think we we're going to have to um don't don't some of the champions cup team uh that that don't get through they drop down don't they into the uh, into the challenge cup so uh, yeah let's uh, let's wait and see how that uh, that all pans out okay you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans we're available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Podbean Buzzsprout and many many more platforms you can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com on Twitter we're at bearsbeyondthegate and on Facebook you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. I should have said oh, we're, we're uh, recording this on Monday, and we're also recording this online as well. Uh, there's a, a little bit of the plague in a couple of houses, so we decided to <laughs> uh, to play it safe and not uh, risk any more uh, casualties for uh, for Christmas. So uh, if the sound isn't quite as you normally uh, get it on the podcast, it uh, is because we're doing it online and we're not gathered round Lee's Christmas tree. Uh, recording into our digital recorder uh, Right, next game is Tuesday the 27th of December Harlequins versus Bristol Now, this was going to be Big Game 14 And we talked about the uh, Joe Marler advert for that And uh, Pete, I think you'd even purchased A ticket for the big game At Twickenham Wow, I, had, I was Not
1: just purchased a ticket, boys I was also going to come down by train from North Shropshire from my mother-in-laws. I get it all planned, leaving at 8.30 in the morning, get to London at one, watch the double header. And then my best mate Dennis from school, it's not his real name, it's his nickname. My best mate Dennis lives in Kingston. I was going to have a night out with him afterwards, a few beers down Richmond High Street or somewhere, and then stay with him and then get the train back to bristol the next day it was one of the most perfectly executed well perfectly planned i should say excursions that i've done and it's all kiboshed it's apparently no trains were are going to go past twickenham so i'm a bit i'm a bit disappointed lads actually because you know i was looking forward to that i was looking forward to go on my own it's like getting away <laughs> from
0: the mother-in-law for uh it
1: was like a it was like a personal odyssey i was going to leave i was going to go down with you know, with this stuff, I I'd randomly bought I just I you know I just randomly bought a ticket somewhere in Twicken. I don't where it. I didn't really care where it was. I was going to just a, like a little personal odyssey on my own. And it's just now I've got to stay another day. <laughs> I've so, so it's funny but like,
2: you, you were getting you were getting the, the first train out of there, I and mean, the, the game wasn't yeah. until about nine o'clock at night, was it?
1: <laughs> I don't. Well, it <laughs> takes that long. <laughs> I had to leave. I, mean, I had to leave from a station called Gabowin, which oh, is on the what? Welsh border.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. But, well, let me just say, because I've just had a look at the club website that still says it as a 3 p.m. kickoff at Twickenham. Uh, well, just to make sure all our listeners know that uh, I think it's a 4.15 p.m. kickoff now and the game is at the Stoop. But the good news is it is still on BT Sport um, because I doubt many Bears fans will be able to, to get a ticket to the game. Uh, now it's gone to the smaller venue. Um but um, before we talk any more about it, we've got another of Pete's Premiership previews. And this Woo! time he's spoken to Michael from the Harlequins podcast. So let's have a listen to that now. OK, so
1: I'm very, very pleased to be joined by Mike from the Harlequin podcast, one of our uh, longstanding standing pod friends, um, who's very kindly uh, decided to talk to us very briefly, uh, randomly on a Monday afternoon. We're, we're both actually teachers, aren't we, Mike? So so we've up, we, for once, we've got a bit of time in the day to do these sort of things. Anyway, how are
3: you, chap? Yeah, good, mate. Um, school holidays going nicely. Um, Will, my... Podcasting counterpart is uh, he's working around the clock at the minute, so unfortunately, he's not got the time. But yeah, nice to be off on the, on the school holidays. Um, rugby's going well, things are tracking nicely, getting into the busy, festive period. Obviously, we've we've both had a bit of disappointing news around surrounding big game in the last well, two or three days, but yeah, no, things are going well, things are going really well, we're having a, we're having a good season up until this point.
1: Well, it's, it's funny you mention that because I thought I'd start with that. I mean, I can't believe that you have dumped us for those boys down the <laughs> road for Exeter. I mean, you know, I thought we were friends. I thought we were friends as clubs. And one tiny little bit of, you know a few little issues on the railway and you've dumped us for Exeter I mean it was uh, I mean joke you know it's it, joking aside actually it was a bit of a disappointment for, for a lot of Bristol fans because um, yeah, I'm sure you know, I think a lot of people had had made plans and I mean I don't know what do you think about the the announcement do you think it was the right thing to do or could we just like let it up to fans to make their way there
3: um it's, it's, it's so difficult to know really because I obviously live in the area and even when the trains are operating at the full capacity, it is still a nightmare getting in and around Twicken, especially during the Christmas period. So it just seemed like something that wasn't going to be possible. Um, you know, the, the big game isn't just something that Harle- is not just a Harlequins thing. It's, it's a family and friends thing. It's a day out for the kids. It's all of that. And people do travel from, you know, all over the country at times to make sure you're there on the day Um, and it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been the same um, if you'd have left it up to just people getting there half full um, people have paid for tickets and not been able to get there so people are out of pocket Um, it is a massive shame and you know not just in terms of you know the Bristol fans coming up and experiencing the day for themselves obviously we've not played you guys in a big game Um, but it's 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 so devastating in, in a financial sort of respect. You know, mm-hmm. clubs are going out of business and this is one of the days where we make so much revenue as a club um, and we are unbelievably lucky as a club to be able to put stuff on like that. Obviously, we now have got it against Exeter. So hopefully that day is is going to be the same and, you know, the, the revenue comes through and it's, it's an amazing day. Hopefully we'll be able to get a win, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I actually said to Will on our pod a couple of days ago when we did it, I often don't look at the... Um, opposition when it comes out, my first thought is all right, big game, that's the day. That that's oh, Who's the who's the music act? When the beer's coming, that sort of stuff. But we've had some such amazing games against Bristol in the last two or three years. Actually I saw Bristol and I thought that will be really cool. Plus the women are yeah. you know brilliant side. Our, our women are fourth, you know, the Bristol women are third at the minute. That was going to be a real close game. And although we're at slightly opposite ends of the table in the men's side, the games that we've had against Bristol in the last two or three years have been unbelievable. Obviously, stemming from the miracle of Bristol ball, which you know, <laughs> still still gives you lots. of We haven't recovered from that. As you know, no, I, know. I don't. <laughs> it's, it gives me whenever we don't have a game for a couple of weeks. I sometimes go back and watch that, and it always fills me with unbridled joy. <laughs> um, but no, it was it was a genuine game. I was looking forward to more. more you know due to the opposition, not just because we were going to have Faithless, the DJ acts and eighty thousand people, or me and my mates, you know, drinking at eight o'clock in the morning. But it would have been a really, really good game, I think. So yeah. it is, it is a huge disappointment.
1: Yeah, it's it's a shame, and and I mean, it's a bit of a shame that I think it's been quite hard for Bristol fans to get any tickets for the the rearranged. Oh well, the game at the scoop, not rearranged, but then, then yeah. just the kind of smaller game of the stoop. But, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, yeah, I kind of understand what you're saying. I mean, we you're probably quite lucky, actually, because we, we went to Saracen's big game last year at, at White Hart Lane, and... Yeah. Uh, and, and nearly beat him in the death. And, uh, you know, so I think you, you've got away with it. I think we like to play well in big stadiums. <laughs> you've probably got away with one. You know, we might, have, I'm sure we might have beaten you, but the stoop, I'm not quite so sure now. Um, anyway, get on to that. Um, quick one. Um, just just how's your season been going? Just for, for our listeners who may not know much about Quinns, what would you, how do you summarise it?
3: Do you know what? At the minute, we're in probably a better position this year than we were last year. Obviously, we won it in 2021, and the season changed in January. Last year, we were we were there or thereabouts all the way through, but actually, we probably weren't just good enough in in the sort of real nitty nitty moments. I think in the last three or four weeks, we've found way we found ways to win in, in ugly games. We beat Bath on the road, and was, which wasn't a particularly you know spectacular encounter. Um, we scored at the end against London Irish. There's a little bit of controversy surrounding the win and the tackle in the end, all that sort of stuff. But we'd found ways to win this year in games that we haven't played to our full strength and to our you know expansive, you know, throwing the ball around style of rugby. But we're also doing that for quite good portion of the game. Obviously, we went away to the Sharks last week in South Africa, which looked like a Herculean effort to go into, you know, down there and, and compete. And we did it. And we, we just finished a little bit short in the end. Um, we beat Racing last night in what was a not particularly exciting game to watch. It was, you know, wet and cold and kicks going all over the place and handling errors. But we found ways to win in the last two or three months. The mentality around winning those nitty games is, is starting to change a little bit. But obviously, we know that whenever we play at 100% and we're clicking and we're firing we are still probably you know the most feared team in the league with ball in hand so that's a really good place for us to be at a minute a um, couple of big signings this this well, the summer have made huge huge differences to us Ernie Hurst came in at the start of the season in as a replacement for Hugh Tizard who left to the dark side um, and we also lost Matt Simmons in that second row and that was going to be a real sort of area we looked to strengthen and Ernie has been unbelievable He's he's, he's he looks about 50 he's 28 years old he's got an enormous thought <laughs> like beard and he he's been hurt lean all year Finn Baxter last night was was excellent we've got a good crop of um young hookers we've got two or three hookers in the stable at the minute that are all playing really good rugby um a couple of injuries here and there but overall mate i, I think we're, we're looking pretty good at the minute and um, we're, we're in a good spot
1: yeah no I, I mean i've been kind of i always track your progress a little bit just partly because of what happened as you say the uh, yeah Horrendous day in June, whatever <laughs> twenty twenty. Uh, it's always quite nice to to see how you've been getting on. And basically, from that moment on, you you obviously pushed on and won. But you kind of consolidated. A lot of people didn't think you you do well the season after, and then you got top four again. And yeah, and, and we've we've had a few. Uh, we seem to have. Um, struggled a little bit with since then. But we've always had good games against you. And and that is the right. And I think um you know I remember we had a Boxing Day game against you boys down at the stoop a couple of years ago and this was the famous one where we played very badly in the first half and Pat Lamb allegedly told the, the team that they could either get back on the coach or go back out and, and win. And then uh Harry Randall inspired us to a win. But I mean that's yeah. a long time ago And I think last year you we did the same in fact last year was like a, a ghost Istanbul, wasn't it? We I were know there. it was. And then you came back again in the second half. Oh,
3: it's like Tommy, um, Tommy Allen got injured in about That's the 20th it. minute yes. and Marcus had just come back from England. We weren't yeah. sure whether Marcus was going to start or not. Um, I know he'd come back from the Lions, I think it might yeah, have been at that sort right. of stage. He'd had his time off from the Lions. Yeah. Um, Tommy got injured, Marcus came on and then you know the rest, as they say, is history. Will Collier throws a big dummy and runs in as a tight head football Collier, from 25 yeah. yards. But, tries from the end of the pitch. Marcus scored an amazing try about 10 minutes ago, chipping behind. Um, but yeah, that was again, we were 15, 20 points down after what? 30, 25 yeah. half an hour? Yeah, Unbelievable. <laughs>
1: Well, let's think about the game on uh, the 27th, the day after Boxing Day. Uh, we've, looks like we're getting some of our big players back. Steve is back, Semi's back, uh, Chris Bowie's back. We, we we were hopefully, I imagine, we'll have Genji playing. I don't think Kyle will be playing, Sinclair, I think he's injured. Either. He was fine playing for the Autumn Internationals and then inevitably uh, yeah. came back. And the reason he didn't go on the Australia tour in the summer was to get him fit, for the season, he played okay for the first four or five games and then got injured. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there you go. Let's just leave that there. Anyway, <laughs> so I feel that we're going to have um, a reasonably strong side. I think Luke Morahan, it's going to be his last game for the club because uh, you may have seen in the press that he's offered I did. to France. He played yesterday and, you know, played right. And he's always been a great servant. So I, I feel that we're going to have a pretty decent side out um so i don't know i mean how do you think the the day might go how do you think quins will approach the game not not worry about us and just play your own thing or or what
3: it's different at the minute because we were looking obviously we we just had our our european campaigns two weeks in europe um and the european i mean there's loads of chat about teams prioritizing domestic rugby over europe and that's not something we wanted to do because we want to go and try and get a little bit further than we did last year in Europe. We won last night against Racing. So Obviously, we've got you guys on the 27th. Then we go away to Northampton on the first of the year, on a New Year's Day. And then we're back into another couple of weeks of European rugby. Me and Will are off to Paris. So it's um it's going to be an interesting one to see how we manage bodies and minutes over that period. Obviously, we played last night. Um, Joe Marler and Joe uh, Jack Walker both didn't take any part in the game. Um, went, went inside the we are led to believe there's no serious injury concern there. It was just more a little bit about managing bodies and managing minutes. Um, So that would be I, I would expect that both of them will return, which is which is big. I mean, not that we might need it. George Head and Finn Baxter last night were monumental um, against Rassick. So maybe they won't. Maybe they won't come back in. But we're, we're doing okay. Then you obviously is the main man, the magic man, Marcus isn't going to be back until the new year. Um, in the last last game of the autumn Internationals hurt uh, his ankle, so that was really disappointing for, for us. But we look like we're tracking okay. Um, no massive injury concerns. Luke, uh, Luke Northmore is out for a little bit. Stefan Lovise is rumoured to be returning the captain around this sort of time. Maybe it's a big game. It might be the week after against, um, I shouldn't say big game anymore, but you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, Lovise might be back, but in terms of the game, it's so difficult to call because we've had so many good games. I mean, hopefully we don't start the game 15-16 points down after 20 minutes and then, you know, have one of those silly comebacks again. Um, our set piece at scrum time has looked really good. Our line-out is occasionally a little bit inaccurate. Um, obviously, conditions will play a part. But, yeah, I think looking at the side you guys played in the last Premiership game, um Genj, Byrne, Heath Vui, Batley, um, obviously Jake Keenan on at number eight as well. I think we match up quite well. It's just mm-hmm. how many of how much you know, the ball the ball plays in the wider channels. Is Semi gonna be back? That battle with Andre Esterhuis is always fascinating. Um what about Gab Zibitoy? I was meaning to ask you about him. How do you think he's tracking our old boys? He play?
1: He's already a fan favourite and actually I think he was held back too long. I, I, one of our mates on the podcast met him a few months ago before he played his first game, just sort of at the at the ground in the home game, and said that he was fit, and then didn't didn't really appear for for a few more games. So I I think Pat might have dropped one there, and we should have got him playing a bit earlier because he's been probably our most consistent player. Yeah, you know, he's played every game for about the last four or five games, and um, yeah, he looks brilliant. He looks hungry. He speaks well. I mean, a couple of interviews got man of the match against someone the other week and he spoke well after the game and um, yeah it looks like a really really good signing so hopefully he won't uh, harbor any any uh, biases towards you and it, yeah. he'll want to put on a show for his his old club um, sure. but yeah no he's good and we, we've actually had a young lad called orlando Bailey who's kind of who's been in the be yeah. a big big unit only about 20 1920 but he's kind of been picked above some of our maybe sort of squad wingers like fricker and and purdy and people like that so so it could be i i agree with you i think we looking at our squad potential squad looking at your potential squad i think it could be quite a well-matched game and it may well just come down to little things here and there the weather might play a part who knows and and obviously the home home advantage might play in your part. but i think i think it will be a, a good a good game decent game for for premiership rugby it's on bt sport anyway isn't it i think so yes
3: no, it, it, it's, it's always good fun. I, I remember the Bristol the games in the last two or three years have always thrown up some sort of magic in, mm-hmm. in one way or another. Um I, I again looking at the looking at the forwards you guys played in the last premiership game, I think we do match up quite well. Obviously, Genj Mahler yeah. um on the loose head side. It is a really interesting right. battle. Yeah. Um Low and Max Laheath on the tight heads. Um and then you know, Vui and, uh, and Lua two are a big, big weapons in, in, in the in the forwards for you. We did look like we lost Jack Kenningham um at six last night. So hopefully his injury isn't too bad. He I doubt he'll play this week. It didn't look brilliant when he limped off. He might make a miraculous recovery. Um, but we've got Tom Lawday back who's a, a premiership you know seasoned pro now um, very very solid um, Alex Donbrandt again was fantastic last night so yeah it mm. does it does make up for a really interesting battle it just seems a bit funny looking at you lads at the bottom end of the table when yeah. I was at third it doesn't seem like a, a side that should be down that far
1: no I, th- I think um, yeah I mean I think the table doesn't lie I think we haven't been consistent enough but you know, We've got the second half of the season to come and we're in the Challenge Cup, which is not really where we want to be, but I suppose it takes a little bit of pressure off and we've won both our games relatively comfortably, so we can perhaps focus on the league and start clawing our way back up and hopefully um see where we go. Anyway, Mike, um, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I, I'm not going to ask you really for a score prediction because I'm sure you're going to say you're going to win. Yeah. I think it's I, I suppose you could go, but why don't you go for it? Go on, give us a score prediction. How much you think you'll win by? Because that's clearly what you'll probably say. No offense.
3: It would be really nice for us to get a bonus point. Yeah. Um, sale travel to Newcastle on the same week if we can leapfrog sale that'd be amazing um, probably probably my two least favourite sides at the top of the table at the minute with Saracens and Sail. so if we can leapfrog one of them that'd be brilliant yeah. um, a bonus point would be amazing I expect us to I mean just looking at the table you know, you've, you've got to expect to win the game yeah. um, and I think there'll be a little bit of bite between the boys, you know, knowing they're going to be looking at the look, looking at the big stoop, sort of over the banks to the yeah. North stands, there will be a little bit of, of bite and grit in the game, um, and hopefully it's a big day for the club with the women as well. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a, a bitey old game. Hopefully we'll get a bonus point, so I, I'll say something something in the realms of 35, 15 or forty. whatever it was back in the day. I'll take that again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I mean, it's just a nightmare predicting, isn't it? But uh, good. Well done for doing it. Anyway. I appreciate the time. It's a shame we won't be meeting up for a beer like we planned, but we'll have to talk about the return game, Ashton Gate, later in the season. We are.
3: Will's keen for it. We are looking yes. at Bristol as one of the one of the away days this year. We haven't done a few. We have Well, there's a couple we missed off this year. Going together, we've done a couple individually, but yeah, Bristol's on the I list. Think it's so a we'll afternoon, Though I've
1: got a feeling it's, it's the, the only concern. Sunday. But yeah. we might
3: come down the Saturday night and have a few beers, yeah. then drive back on the Sunday. Whatever it'll be. Why not? That sounds we'll a great idea.
1: All right, mate. Great to talk oh, to man. you. Thanks very much.
0: Well, Pete, that's two in the bag now. And of course, the Quinns boys have been uh, big, uh, big supporters of our podcast. We've had a bit of banter out with them over the years, uh, including the unfortunate semi-final defeat. Um, and I believe Michael is in a similar profession to you, so was able to do uh, a quick recording this very Monday, uh, Monday afternoon. Yeah,
1: he's a PE teacher. And uh, much younger than me, I've got to say, and I, I managed to get him at, at, at half past three. We did it this afternoon because he said he was going out for beers at five. <laughs> that tells you how young he is. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. And of course, as you as you will have heard, he couldn't help mentioning the Battle of Bristad Bull, as they call it. And we had a discussion, obviously, about the matches between ourselves. And, and yeah, it was, again, I think he. He was. Um, he gave a quite balanced answer when I, about why, it, whether it was a good thing that the big match was cancelled, and and I, I think the one thing I would have picked him up on actually, which I forgot to do, was say that I thought it was a bit disappointing that Harlequins didn't do something for Bristol fans for the, the rearranged or you know rescheduled game at the Stoop, and maybe they could have done something like you know allocated a thousand tickets to Bristol fans so there was at least a chance of some Bristol fans to get tickets because I understand that even some people that went immediately onto the harlequins website to try and get a ticket when the email came through couldn't really could barely find any tickets at all so given the fact that we gave them a massive like allocation didn't we on that semi final allowed them all to sit together mm. it's a bit of a shame that they didn't re- you know reciprocate a little bit but there you go that's that's pulling hairs a little bit
0: yeah yeah so miles um your thoughts then on this game what changes do you see from maybe that team uh, we saw play against zebra uh who who do you see in and out for this game against queens
2: well i mean if we picked up a few extra knocks there might be more more out than in to be honest with you which is worrying i mean it looks like the unavailable list has, has grown again over the week, hasn't it? Leading up to Christmas. So I think um, I think really if, if if Charles is injured, which I think he might be on the unavailable list, then uh, Mozza has got to go in at full-back. It'll be his last game for the club, so he'll no doubt put in a storming performance. And I think on the wings, I think as Pete was suggesting to Mike on the podcast, that... <laughs> Um, the likes of Messieurs Bailey and Ibertoy seem to have uh, cemented themselves into those positions I mean Ibertoy has played fantastically and they are obviously putting a lot of confidence in, in Bailey he's a, he's a big unit a young lad but we haven't seen them, uh, you know, unleash hell yet, have we, on an opposition? Because they just maybe haven't been given the opportunity in space. But they're looking promising and their defence is great. I, you know, Semi is is coming back to form again. I cannot see. You've got to play him. Inside centre, Um, I, I excuse me, is O'Connor on the... Injury list at the moment and then Bedlow's out of form. I mean, Lloyd, yeah, did, did, did a pretty good job yesterday. As I said, he's bulked up. Uh, McGinty, just he... i give him the start, I, I think, um, over Sheedy. Um, and, you know, Porter, we, we think if his hand's taken a bit of a knock, he maybe not starting next weekend. Um, and in the pack, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll let... Let Pete speculate on who's gonna who's gonna sort of join the forwards for next weekend. <coughs> I think he's falling asleep. Pete. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought you I thought you might want to speculate on, on the forwards for next weekend with yeah. known and unknown and unknown and unknown known injuries. Well
1: well, I think uh Jan Thomas will still have adrenaline pumping through his <laughs> body, won't he? So he's definitely got to start. Well, we we know well Genj, We hope will be will be starting. I think so, um, yeah. And um, uh, I like probably Thacker. I think because he's he's on you know he's he's on running form, if not throwing form. But then again, it's a, there's a debate on what you need from your hooker. Um, yeah, Batley and Vui. I, it's hard to it's depending on injuries. I mean, Lua Tua clearly Heenan. I'd imagine um, Batley Vui. As our little thing, I thought Big Elliot Stoop came on, didn't he? Against, uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. He, and it, I didn't realize how big he was, he was huge. Um, he'd probably be on the bench, I think, to add a little bit of grunt to the forwards if we need it in the second half. Um, I suppose that the big conundrum is is what why Harding went off, as Tony alluded to earlier was, was that a kind of precaution, um, with the, you know, with the game in mind? Um, so yeah. or was
2: it an injury? So yeah I mean has Bradbury fulfilled yeah. his sort of two plus week head injury assessment protocol no. I mean I'm not sure if there was any other injury that was just no. by him I mean but like like you know we, we don't really hear a lot from the club do we so uh, not sure about him no i just looking, I mean, looking was... at the injury
0: list mm. before the Zebra game that's 19 people out 11 oh. forwards 8 backs And Sam Bedlow, Joe Jenkins uh, were on that injury list, but Piers O'Connor wasn't. So Uh, whether Piers will come in uh, in the centre or whether, you know, would would they risk the iron against Harlequins at the stoop? Seems a big game to uh, bring him in at at, at inside centre. I think it would
1: be O'Connor if he's not injured. I think they'll go with the experience of O'Connor. And then perhaps Yin on the bench because he can cover a number of positions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I yeah, assume Moraghan is not injured, so he'll 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 be our fullback for his last game. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean I just think we've got to I think Pat will have to put out the strongest possible side he he can because mm-hmm. you know we're we're bottom of the premiership. We need to get points. And it doesn't matter who we play. We have got to get points. Um, you know, the Challenge Cup is a nice diversion, and it will be nice if we go dist- we go deep in it. But we we have got to start picking up some Premiership points, and so we've got to go as fully loaded as possible on the 27th.
0: Yeah, and I think news broke, didn't it, uh, earlier in the week that Nualago was due back, would have probably played in this game, but uh, picked up a, a yeah, hamstring is. injury uh, in training, and uh, the number of you know hamstring, the hamstring injuries hamstring injuries that we're getting surely there must be something in the conditioning that we're we're not doing right because it does seem there's an incredible amount and not just little tweaks you know hamstring injuries that are keeping people out for months I, I wonder whether it's not just that
1: it's just that we our training centre our high performance high performance centre is just too good like the surface is just too good so people slightly overrun because (laughs) i mean i'm not joking i do wonder whether it is it's too good that you know people are overstretching a little bit because the surfaces and they've got the indoor surface and that outdoor surface looks really nice i mean i don't know obviously i'm speculating but i wonder if that's something to do with it they should this time of the year they should be practicing on big muddy pictures you know like the wreck (laughs) Yeah, absolutely
0: With, with with what big old boots that come up round their ankles yeah. and cotton <laughs> shirts <it>. proper collars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. around their
1: shirts, yeah. so, they, so they don't so they don't overstretch when they're
0: yeah. <laughs> Okay, right. Somebody's tapping their pen, which I think all the listeners can hear. Sorry, uh, Sorry. Um, that was very so let's put that pen down. Um <laughs> Oh excuse me. <laughs> Someone's coughing. <laughs> that, that, <no. laughs> That's me. Right. With my pen in my hand, I will say to Miles in a moment, mm. give me your and Lee's predictions for the okay. game. But okay. first, I will go to Pete. Your thoughts. What's uh, what's the likely scoreline for the match against Queens?
1: Well, inevitably, Michael was very positive. And, you know, the fact that he was speculating that they needed a bonus point to go above sale. Uh, and he did point out that the table doesn't lie that we are at the bottom. I I find it quite hard to see us winning. I thought we might have had a chance at Twickenham because I think we might have risen to the occasion, but I think at the the stoop with no Bristol Bears fans there, I I, I sadly think we are going to be at the end of at least a four or five try loss. Um, It just depends how many we can score. So I'm going to be positive in my negativity by saying that they're going to win... It could be like thirty twenty six, so it could be close, but they're just going to outscore
0: us. Okay, uh, Miles, if you give me Lee's prediction first.
2: Uh, he's well, he's, he's you know, um, I think he's going to be quite positive. Really, I suspect Lee thinks we'll get a win, and I think he's going to go big. I think Lee <laughs> will put his money on Bears and go forty Bristol ten to Quinns OK yes that, uh,
0: that is that is Lee a bit cavalier how about <laughs> you, are you are you uh, quite as
2: confident as Lee? No, of course not I'm going to go for a loss for Bristol uh, and I fear I think I'm going to follow along Pete's lines I fear that we'll go down to at least 31 Quinns 21 Bristol I think it'll just be a step too far up the stoop and they're they're a good side yeah I I just think we might pull this one out of the bag
0: and mm. I don't know why uh, hopefully if Genji's back after a nice uh, mm. two week rest yeah. if Carl's injury if if he can make it you know a game against Quinns I am going to go for a surprise uh, 31-28 Bears win that's going to be a tough watch, isn't it? If it's that close, can you imagine? Yeah, I think I think the one thing that probably won't happen is a 3-3 draw. I mm. think these are two sides that like to play rugby and, you know, we just look at the history and uh, there's been tries galore. Um, but, uh, you know, any of our listeners out there that did manage to get tickets, make sure... You, you you wear your colours with pride. Let's hear your voices, and uh, hopefully you'll have a, a cracking day and a memorable victory. And uh, just think of poor Pete with his mother-in-law in Shrewsbury. While, while well, I think I think it's now. I think think of the poor mother-in-law. she's got to have me for
1: another day. Yeah. Really.
0: And is is, it, is this where you got like a like half a a bar of Wi-Fi to be able to watch the game yeah. on your phone? There's,
1: there's no Wi-Fi, we have to do it on mobile data, so I'll have to, I'll have to hotspot in onto uh, to watch the game.
0: <laughs> okay, boys, well, uh, let's, let's move on. Um, one bit of big rugby news uh, this week is uh, Mr. Borthwick is uh, confirmed as England coach, takes Sinfield with him as defence coach. Um, let me come to Miles and then Pete. Your, your thoughts on that appointment and your your hopes for the future? Uh,
2: hopes for the future, yeah. I mean, winning the lottery. Um, <laughs> okay. no, I think, um, well, I think after a lot of speculation last week, we suggested that they'd be going after an English sort of rugby coach, and that they did. Um, the negotiations obviously have uh, went well with Leicester. The fans there, I haven't seen Twitter, but they're probably outraged, aren't they, that they're doing so well over the last couple of years and they're using, losing their main man. So, fair play. I, um, Yeah, how I many knows the English game? He knows all the premiership players. So, you could argue that... Um, Transparency. He, you know, he might hopefully pick some different players compared to Eddie Jones, but um, fair play. And just uh, a bit sad for the Leicester players. But um, yeah, you know, it happened to us once. Nearly. Well, we nearly had Borthwick, didn't we? Um, no we did. I think a good a good appointment. But obviously, results will tell, and we'll just have to see where we are in the Six Nations, won't we? And um, Pete, you you were making that point just before we came on air, weren't you, about Borthwick and the Bears?
0: Yeah. No, Miles, we, we, we're not the first club that Steve Warfick has abandoned for England.
1: I mean, <laughs> Le, Leicester should be should be grateful that they've well, that they like, got been paid, able to <laughs> negotiate a decent conversation and have had a bit of time to get used to it. Because yeah, I'm sure true. there's plenty of Bears fans out there that remember when he, uh, pre-the Bears uh, era, he uh, came as our forwards coach, didn't he? Uh, having been Eddie Jones's assistant with Japan after the World Cup before last. And then um, I think working with Andy Robinson. And then he couldn't be couldn't get out of Bristol quick enough when the RFU came calling and um didn't didn't um hold himself up with too much glory there. Because the I know at the time I looked it up actually the on the, the newspapers and, and basically the RFU kind of approached him and then announced it and Bristol didn't know anything about it and weren't happy at all. So yeah, I like Steve Worthwick to be fair. I think, I do think England needs to go back to basics. I think that's what he's basically alluded to, hasn't he? Said that we should be good at basics. Quite interesting his press conference. He talked about, he mentioned Clive Woodward, didn't he? And obviously, there's been quite a lot of needle between Woodward and Jones over the last couple of years. And, and mm. Borthwick kind of showed his colours, really. He obviously clearly didn't think that Jones, the way Jones had run the team, was, was the way he would do it. Um, I think we'll see some changes of personnel. I think he'll just focus, I like to think that he'll focus on getting really good players playing in the right positions and doing the basics and then hope the results will come from that, but it's not easy and uh, you know, the fact, I think the fact he's taken Sinfield with him was a good shout because he looks, I think anyone from rugby league as we know, um, he, he's pretty good at defence, it's just a shame that we didn't do that about 10 years ago with uh, Sean Edwards but there you go.
0: Yeah and one thing uh, that that struck me when I was just thinking about uh Borthwick's appointment for, for our discussion tonight is I would imagine the odds of shortened somewhat in Bristol Bears potentially having the next England captain because yeah. uh, Genge was made captain at Leicester and they went on to win uh, win the title um, you know I'm sure he'll want to stamp a, a new way of doing things I don't think that necessarily means Farrell's had his last game for England but certainly it would be a a statement, wouldn't it? If, uh, if you, uh, appointed a new captain and, uh, that was Ellis Gensh. So who knows, fingers crossed, uh, the Bears might have the next England captain in their ranks. Well, boys, um, that's it for this show. Um, thank you very much for your company. Uh, now because it's, uh, coming up to Christmas, uh, you, you you can both take the, the, the weekend off next weekend. I think we'll have a little break. <laughs> Thank you very, uh, very and, much. And then we'll pick up the Harlequins game uh, in the new year. And hopefully Lee's been airlifted off the roof that he was on and uh, can uh,
2: return to the fold. And TC, <laughs> just something to add. We, we obviously might have so- something to talk about on our next broadcast. is another competition that is happening this week. Uh in a different event. And this is the Bears Beyond the Gate uh, Christmas night out, isn't it? It Where is. We've we organized some, some drinking and darts. So good as good as nobody knows what could go wrong tomorrow evening.
0: Yeah, the Bears Beyond the Gate Christmas party is a darts evening with our other halves. So uh, look out for the injury unavailable <laughs> list uh, from Wednesday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, we'll, we'll We'll look forward to that. Okay, that is it for this show. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your podcast platform. We'll be back in the new year with our thoughts on the Quinns result and we'll look ahead to the away game against London Irish. On behalf of all four of us here on the podcast, uh, we'd like to wish you a cracking Christmas and a wonderful new year. So until 2023, goodbye, be merry and come on, Briz.